You're listening to Men of Abundance, episode 199, with Lee Cockerell. And today, we're truly creating magic. Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael. What's up, what's up, men of abundance? I am Wally Carmichael, your founder and host of the Men of Abundance podcast, the Pay It Forward community, and I am super excited to be with you here today, not only because it's episode 199, And of course, we have an amazing conversation for you today, but you are going to want to make sure that you are subscribed so you do not miss episode 200. That is where I'm going to share with you what I've learned over 200, really 230 conversations recorded at this point, many others scheduled to to yet happen. And but I'm going to share with you what I've learned through this entire journey. It's been almost two years since I've been broadcasting this and and recording this Men of Abundance podcast and building the community around this whole idea of being a man of abundance. And I'm going to share with you what I've learned through the process. I'm going to share with you what I've learned on a personal level. And I'm going to share with you some of what I've learned from the many, many conversations that I've had here on Men of Abundance, as well as what I've learned from all of my coaches that I've worked with over the over the last two years. So one, make sure you're subscribed. And two, make sure you share Men of Abundance with others. Ensure that they get subscribed to the Men of Abundance podcast, either on iTunes or Stitcher or my favorite podcast player, Overcast. I believe it. I know for sure it's on iPhone, but I believe it's on Android as well. It is a really, really cool podcast player because you can speed up the conversation. And when you do that with most podcast players, it makes the voice, it makes the conversation sound like the chipmunks. But this one doesn't do that. It sets it up so that it maintains the voice. It just speeds up the the, uh, the audio and you can get through more content that much quicker, which is really cool. All right. So let me explain to you why I'm so excited about this conversation with Lee Cockrell. Now, I'm going to get more in-depth with his bio here in just a minute, but Lee had worked with Disney for over 10 years, and he was the executive vice president of operations for Disney World Resorts. I am a big Disney fan, but it's more than just the magic of the movies and the theme park and all that stuff. I love the business aspect behind the whole operation. I love the idea of bringing teams together and having them work together in such a synergistic way that Disney just seems to deliver every single time, every minute of the day, every single day, even during a hurricane. My goodness, during a hurricane, I don't, we don't get into it in the conversation, but you're definitely going to want to go get the book, Creating Magic by Lee Cockrell, because he explains in there what they did at Disney, the whole team, how they reacted, the entire team just did an amazing job during the hurricane, not just one, but two back-to-back hurricanes. It was truly amazing. And this is what bringing a team together, this is what leadership is all about and bringing teams together and truly creating magic within an organization. And you can do it within your business and your organization as well, regardless of where you're at in that organization. Lee's going to share some of that in the conversation today, but definitely go out and check out his books. I have them listed in the show notes at menofabundance.com forward slash 199. Make sure you get a hold of those books and share them with your colleagues, share them with your employees, share them with your bosses. I think it would do a lot of good for all of you. So Lee's bio is quite extensive, and I'm not going to read the entire thing. You can go to the show notes and check out the rest of it. But basically, Lee Cockrell, as I already mentioned, is the former executive vice president of operations for Walt Disney World Resort. As the senior operating executive for 10 years, Lee led a team of 40,000 cast members and was responsible for the operations of 20 resort hotels, four theme parks, two water parks, a shopping and entertainment village, and the ESPN Sports and Recreation Complex 
in addition to the ancillary operations which supported the number one vacation destination in the world. One of Lee's major and lasting legacies was the creation of Disney Great Leader Strategies, which was used to train and develop the 7,000 leaders at Walt Disney World. Lee has held various executive positions in the hospitality and entertainment business with Hilton Hotels for eight years and the Marriott Corporation for 17 years before joining Disney in 1990 to open the Disneyland Paris Project. Guys, as I already mentioned, Lee's bio is quite extensive. You can continue reading through his awards and accolades and everything he's done in the business world and continues to do in his community and around the world. Men of Abundance, it is my pleasure and my honor to introduce you to Lee Cockerell. Lee, welcome to Men of Abundance. It is truly a pleasure to have you on the line, man. Thank you. I wish I was with you in Hawaii. <laughs> well, you're still in the, in the one of my other favorite places, which is down in down in Orlando. Is that where you're at today? Yeah, that's where I am. Thank you. Absolutely wonderful. And um, as as we were talking pre-show, my family's in uh, in Tampa. I'm actually going to be in Tampa um, here in the next week or two, March 9th. I fly out because I'm living between Tampa and uh, Hawaii right now uh, for oh. the next couple months. Good. You got a long flight ahead of you. I do. It's 12 hours no matter how you dice it up. <laughs> My goodness. And I've been back twice already since September. So uh, this has got to stop. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to, I'm just finishing up some stuff here and then I'm going to meet up with the family. So Lee, before we get too much into our conversation, I like to start out with an attitude of gratitude. What do you have to be grateful for today, man? Well, you know, I'm 74 years old, so I'm grateful for a couple things. First, my wife is still with me after 50 years, and uh, I got a great son and three great grandchildren, uh, good grandchildren, and uh, you know, at the end of the time, I don't think that was always what I was grateful for, but as you get older, you figure out what their things are that are really important, and uh, I guess I'd put that together with good health. Wonderful, And, and everything you said, there's a lot of what we talk about here at Men of Abundance, and in, in great part, the reason why I started this whole Men of Abundance journey and uh, just having conversations with, with guys like you. And before we get too much into the show, I want to give a shout out to Jesse Cole because um, of the uh, owner of the Savannah Bananas and Find Your Yellow Tux and all that amazing stuff. Jesse's just an amazing individual. I had a conversation with him a couple weeks ago, and he was kind enough to introduce me to you. And I'm just, you know, beside myself to be able to have the conversation with both of you. Yeah, he's great. I enjoy spending time with him when I have a couple times. Yeah, wonderful. So one of the questions that I like to ask, and I know that you're just going to blow this out of the park, and that is, how would you describe yourself, Lee? Well, you know, um, my career and my life has surprised me totally. So I would say um, my career, first of all, I grew up on a little farm in Oklahoma, and then I ended up running Disney World 35 years later with no college degree. So I guess I'm, um, I'm, I'm a surprise kind of child. <laughs> I, uh, I just um, focused on uh, trying to lead a good life. And uh, now today I would consider myself a teacher. Somebody asked me, what, Lee, what would you like to do if you could do anything after you retired? And I said, well, I've always considered myself a teacher. I think we need more teachers and less bosses. You get a lot more done and uh, everybody's happier and it's much more satisfying. So today I spend a lot of time teaching schools, colleges, uh, hospitals, uh, all kinds of places like that. So I guess I ended up being a teacher after all when I thought I was a businessman all those years. Yeah, and that's very interesting and I like that. And that's something that I actually want to do uh, as well. I really, I've always enjoyed teaching and sharing my experiences and whatnot. And that's really the way that I've always led uh, the way that I, I guess when I'm in a leadership position, it's more of a teacher as I grew older, you know, when you're young, you're just, you know, telling people what to do and you think that's what it's supposed <laughs> to be, especially in the army. I did 25 years in the army and it's, you know, the, the army philosophy is always, you know, you just do what I tell you to do. When I tell you to do something, you know, I tell you to jump, you ask how high type of thing, you know, and don't even ask, just do it, you know, type of thing. But as I grew and the army has really evolved in our leadership, the military in general, but the army specifically I can speak for. And I know you've spoken with the army as well, based on, you know, what I've heard from the forward of, of your book, uh, creating magic. And, um, how, what was your experience with that in working with the army? 
Well, about uh, 18 years ago, I got invited while I was running Disney World operations to speak to 20 generals, one and two stars, that they bring them here. Uh, Chief of Staff of the uh, Army brought them here to – they were kind of selected as the next two- and three-star generals. So it was a leadership development program, and I got to speak to them, other companies, American Express, you name it. And one of the generals, Lloyd Austin, he really took on to me and – he started inviting me to wherever he was to speak to the troops and speak to his leadership. And uh, I think I, I don't know how many bases I've been to. I even went to Iraq in 2011 during the war and did 13 seminars all over Iraq and at the State Department. And he, he really got me involved. And and uh, I like doing it. I like uh, being with them. You're right. Army has changed. I was in the Army. I went in in 64 and uh, they're they're really focused today on same thing every business is, which is just getting the right people, training them, and keeping them, and creating the right culture. And I I really like to see that change. And so I've had much a lot of experience. I just went back to Fort Polk uh, about a month ago and spoke to them there, and that's where I was in basic training when I was 20 Amazing. years old. So so that was kind of strange, but. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it's been great. Great people. When I was in Iraq, I didn't run into one negative person. And I was there for about a week and traveled all over the place. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a great organization, and it's definitely gotten better. A lot of people talk about how much it's changed. But just recently, I still work for the Department of Defense, and I work in the uh, Army uh, Triple Army Medical Center. And one of the things that MedCom has the medical command has really embraced is this um arbinger from the arbinger institute and they've hired guys i've just it's so funny because just yesterday i met up with a guy uh who i haven't seen in about 20 years and i recognized him immediately him and i served in the third of the 504th parachute infantry regiment and 82nd airborne division he retired as a colonel and now he's traveling around teaching this arbinger uh, facilitation and our, it's basically just a way of um, treating people, seeing people as people as opposed to seeing them as objects. And that's <laughs> a lot of what you talk about as well. So really just having fun instead of being a boss. Absolutely. You know, I always think about who in the world thinks they have the right, well, it's civilian life anyway, to order people around and you raise their voice and scare them and and uh, I had to get over that, too. When I started mm-hmm. out, I was I was a good manager, but I wasn't a very good leader. I just thought you told people what to do, but it took me a while to figure that out. Yeah, there is a big difference. So how did you – when did you make that transition, do you recall? Or was it, I'm sure it was a gradual thing, but what was the aha moment when you really just kind of said, you know what, this way of leadership isn't working? Did you take some, some sort of a course, or was it something that kind of just happened? Well, I was with Marriott, and I was in charge of half the – world and food and beverage operations for married hotels and i went out to visit one of my people the uh, director of food and beverage in the el paso texas marriott and when i got there they said he's not here i said why he said he got transported to the hospital for observation and i had dinner with him that night he was released and it turns out he went to the hospital because he got so stressed out about me coming Hmm. That that my reputation had gotten there before I did, and uh, we'd never met each other. And uh, he told me that he just heard my. He said my name, my nickname was Doberman. <laughs> so <laughs> after that, I was pretty embarrassed, and I started thinking my mother and grandmother would probably kill me if they knew I was behaving like that. And uh, I was insecure. That's why you know insecure people misbehave. And uh, and uh, I, I did go. I went back and took a uh, leadership course down at the University of Kentucky. It was on, and then I started reading more about leadership and thinking about it. And as I had more success in my career, I got more self-confidence, which got me to be a better person, and then I started trusting people. My big problem was I didn't trust anybody. I thought I had to be involved to do it or it wasn't going to get done right, and uh, that's not the way to go. And so uh, it took me a while. I mean, I would say it Several years for me to just kind of slowly change and trust people more and and kind of build my own self-esteem and self-confidence. Yeah, yeah. you know, that's very interesting that you said that insecure people react that way and they act that way. And that's exactly what I had found uh, in my experience throughout my career is a lot of the guys that just bark orders and, and you know, cuss and yell and just feel they have to belittle others. When you really dig into it, the fact of the matter is they really don't know their job. They don't know their place. <laughs> It, am yeah. I am I right? 
Oh yeah, I was. You know? I think I was deep down thinking, I think they're going to figure out I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> <laughs> I was terrified, especially when you don't have a college degree. You know, you get really insecure, and uh, so. Uh, but uh, eventually, I got back to being the kind of person I was raised to be, mm-hmm. and uh, got out of that corporate. You know, in the '60s, corporate life was like that. Everybody was kind of pushing yeah. everybody around. And, uh, so yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. that's true. And I've heard you speak a couple of times on video anyway, and you've said that a couple of times. One of these days, somebody's going to figure out I don't know what I'm doing. But, you know, there's a difference when you're you're acting like you know what you're doing and you're trying to belittle everybody because they know less than you do. And in reality, they know much more than you do. But then when you sw- you shift that and you start treating people like people. And you know you know what you're doing as far as leadership is concerned. And leaders don't have to know every little detail about everything that's going on in an organization as large as Disney World and all of the parks that you managed and all of the, you know, the so many facets that I mentioned in the bio before we got started here. Um, no one man could possibly know every little detail. You got to trust. Like you said, you have to trust the people that you have in those positions. And one of my biggest problems as a young leader was delegation. I figured if it was going to get done and get done right, I was going to have to do it. But that's the quickest way to burn out. And you don't. And then, of course, everybody that's supposed to be following you, you're managing because it's my belief anyway that you don't decide if you're a leader. The people who decide to follow you decide if you're a leader or not. And once I started delegating, delegating some of, you know, what I could delegate, um, one, it freed up a lot of my time. And two, it really empowered the people that were working with me. Oh, wow. You're right on because I tell people today they somebody said, what do you do, Lee, at Disney? And I said, well, I didn't have any idea what was going on and I was the boss, but I had people around me who did know what was going on. So I had to figure out where to spend my time and leave them alone. And so I mm-hmm. kind of whittled down where I thought the most important areas for me to spend my time and use my authority were and quit micromanaging everybody that I've paying a lot of money to do their job. So that's, I think, a lot of people, you hire the great people and then you want to make them come to you for <laughs> approval and check in with you and blah, blah, blah. And uh, no. great people don't want to have anything to do with that. They want responsibility and authority. Absolutely. And yeah. you just got to empower them. Absolutely. Yep. So yep. Lee, one of the things I like to get into, and it's this is kind of a cringing moment because some people don't really like to share this kick in the gut moment that I call it. But the fact of the matter is, is anybody who's doing anything other than laying on the couch is going to have a kick in the gut moment. And even those folks do, but they stay on the couch. Uh, Those of us who are trying to improve our community, improve our organization, and improve others, uh, we all have those kick in the gut moments, but it's what we do with that as a learning experience, and sometimes it defines us. So I'd like for you, if you would, to share that kick in the gut moment with us and really make us feel that. Well, I think uh, probably that experience with that manager at that time who didn't – he was very terrified of me, but I guess the one that really took me down and I had to really recover was I went through a really tough time with my wife a few years ago where she almost died and I had to take care of her for a year and a half and it was pretty rough and uh, she was in the hospital 64 days and uh, bill was $700,000 by the time we were finished. Luckily, I had insurance with Disney, but uh, that was about the worst thing. I ended up with anxiety and depression. I'd never been depressed a day in my life. I had to see a psychiatrist for a year and a half, and I still see him every six months just to check in because I'm, I didn't believe it was possible for Lee Cockrell to get have anxiety or get depression. I'd been through many, many things in my life, big jobs, lots of responsibility, nothing ever bothered me, that a shower and a good night's sleep wouldn't take care of, and all of a sudden, there I was, and man, it was painful, and it was the scariest thing I've ever gone through, and I learned a lot about uh, – it can happen to anybody, and there's a lot of anxiety in the world today. And I think from that day on, I woke up in the morning. I said, "Okay, I'm going to make people's lives better. I'm not going to make them bad. They've, they're already bad enough. <laughs> we got mm-hmm. enough worries. I don't need to be a person who makes it even worse." And so that was tough. I can spot a uh, person that's depressed a mile off now. I help companies when I work with them. That's I talked a lot about that when I was in Iraq to the troops too about listen guys, it can happen to anybody. You just don't know. We all think we're strong. I was a tough guy cuz I grew up in a dysfunctional family. Nothing can bother Lee cuz I was holding it all in. And bam, I got struck and uh there's I I wouldn't wish that on anybody. 
let me tell you, it's about the darkest place you can be in life. And uh, But I worked my way out of it, and I gave up my business for about a year and a half, and I worked out every day, had strength training. I went to see an acupuncturist on Wednesday, a psychologist on Monday, a psychiatrist on Thursday. I mean, I, all I did was try to get better, and I did. But uh, it was a battle. You have to fight it. It doesn't get better by itself. And uh, so that, I guess that's the worst case because I was worried. It was bad because, and you talk about a kick in the gut, I, you always worry, can they fix this? Am I going to get better? Is this going to be my life? And Man, I tell you, it's, it's Dr. Google. You go on Google and check with Dr. Google, and then you get really get scared. We read all that stuff on there about maybe it'll, you'll have it for life and on and on and on. So I guess that was my big moment that came late in my life. I had a lot of small ones along the way from getting fired to getting passed over to all kinds of things. But when it affects your health, eh, boy, I tell you, that's that's the one you'll have major regrets on if you don't take care of your health. Well, yeah, I can definitely feel that. I couldn't imagine. I've been married about half the uh, years that you have, 25 this last December, and that's my best friend. I couldn't imagine um, going through something like that uh, or even her on, on my side for that matter. And then, you know, but, I, you know, I commend you for that and that you, you know, so you seeked out help and you're still getting help. And that's really, really important for you guys to to hear that even though Lee, you know, technically he's better, um, but you're still going and having those checkups and still doing the things that you did to get better. I did, and I told my grandkids, behave yourselves. I can't take personal problems. <laughs> you're, you're gonna, if you guys get in trouble, you're going to kill me. So <laughs> that's my whole family. I told them all to behave and stay healthy. So well, that might do it. That, might, that yeah. just might do it. Yeah. Awesome. So – Disney. I am a dis. One of the reasons why we. One of the reasons. Well, let's put it this way. We decided to move from. We've been in Hawaii about ten years, and we're relocating to Tampa. And part of the reason is because my wife's originally from Panama, and I wanted to get her closer to home. Uh, we wanted to stay in a tropical area as well, so I'm not much into cold weather. And uh. the hidden thing that I didn't tell my wife that's going to be revealed, and <laughs> she already knows this, I am a Disney freak. I just love, when I go to Disney World, I went to Disneyland many, many years ago, but when I go to Disney World, it's like I'm just a kid. I really, really am just a kid because... But there's a difference, you know, we go to um, Universal, and we like the rides, and we like the stuff over there, and then when we go to Disney, it's like, literally like day and night, and I have these conversations with people, and they're like, how in the world can those people at Disney, how can all of them be so darn happy, and jumping around and dancing all day, every day? How does that happen, Lee? Well, I think we do some basic things better than anybody else. And I, I basically teach this all the time with companies and organizations. And uh, I said the the real key to Disney is pretty basic. We hire better. First of all, we're extremely careful who we bring into the company. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, be careful who you add to your family. And uh, even today, if you want to work at Disney, you got to go on the Internet and answer 136 questions about yourself. We want to know who you are. Oh, what, do you have discipline? Do you have energy? Do you have stamina? Can we rely on you to be at work on time? Uh, we want to know a lot about you. And uh, if you get through that, you get to go fill out an application. Mm. But before, before you fill out the application, you have to watch a film about Disney expectations. They've changed it a little bit now, but back in, when I was there, you had to watch this film and, clarifies expectations. And let me tell you, I tell companies all the time, be clear with people and you'll have less problems in your life. Don't beat around the bush. So we lay it out for them about professionalism, uh, grooming guidelines, professional appearance, uh, no visible tattoos or visible piercings. They can have them, but you got to be able to cover them up when you come to work. We're putting on a show. Uh, Cinderella can't have a tattoo on her neck. Uh, Mickey can't smoke while he talks to your kids. <laughs> you know, it, we're, we're putting on a first-rate, top-notch show every day. And so we're very clear about getting the right actors, hiring the right people, front, on stage and backstage, people who have to do the back work that don't even come into contact with the customer. Second thing we do is we train, and we train well. We train, we test, and then we enforce our training. And I would say a lot of organizations say, say they train, but then they don't really check the people out and make sure they know what they're doing, and then they don't enforce it. Management 
closes their eye, lets it go. It's t- they don't want to deal with a hard subject. So that's the beginning and the end. And you know that in the Army. There's mm-hmm. a one way to do it in the Army. That's the Army way. Yeah. <laughs> And I said, at Disney, there's one way to do it. That's a Disney way. And we are interested in your opinion, but please do not implement it <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, until we talk about it. And last, uh, my work was trying to be a good role model and set it a good example for leadership and trying to create a place where everybody wakes up in the morning and wants to come to work because the way they're treated and included and listened and involved and trained and developed and have opportunity. And also a place where everybody um, – Everybody matters, and they know they matter. And we're really good at making sure every person, no matter what your job is and uh, how high it is to how low it is on the totem pole and pay scale, that everybody works hard. Our leadership is to make you feel like you matter. And uh, best ways to tell people, we call it burning the free fuel, appreciation, recognition, and encouragement. Making sure we're giving that out. Everybody wants it, including me. That's probably helps solve my depression. <laughs> People mm-hmm. tell me. I'm, somebody asked me the other day. Said, "Lee, why do you? Why are you speaking? And uh, why are you still working?" I said, "Because when I play golf, nobody claps. <laughs> but <laughs> when uh, when I speak, they clap, and I have a need to be loved, and we all do. Oh yeah. And so I think those are the things we do really well. Attention to detail is crazy at Disney. I mean, everything matters. I would tell your listeners, everything matters if you want to be great. Everything, and uh, that's uh, it's a it's a state of mind, I guess. Uh, it's a, it's a environment and a culture that has this state of mind, and you know, I mean, you know that now, you've been in organizations. You know, it's a state of mind if you're going to be good or great, whether you want to be average or you want to be great. It's a, kind of a choice uh, as an individual, and if you get the right number of those individuals in an organization, it becomes what the organization is. And uh, we don't think anything doesn't matter. You know, we can't have dead bushes in the garden and the parking lot's got to be clean and people got to smile and uh, uh, a lot of clarity. I tell people it's the happiest place on earth or else. So we have a lot of clarity. <laughs> we have a lot of clarity about performance. Mm-hmm. As my mother said once, you know, you don't have to be happy. You got to act happy. And so mm-hmm. <laughs> happiness is a personal problem. And when you're on stage, you're you're you got a performance to do and you got to leave those problems behind when you get off stage or go on your break you can be unhappy and on the way home and on the way back but uh, it's about it's basically that's what professionalism is yeah. and uh, you know so that's uh it's a i think it's an attitude it's a state of mind it's uh contagious when you get around so many people once you get it going well you know you were in the 82nd airborne mm-hmm I bet there's the same level of pride, and yeah, it's absolutely. great, and everything matters, and one little mistake can get you killed, and so yeah. it's the same thing. Great organizations have a lot, a lot, a lot of pride, and people that don't have it don't last long. Right. I don't know if that's that's the case in the 80, 82nd, but I imagine it was. Yeah, absolutely. There's a saying that I've said for many years, and I'm not sure where I got it from, but it's it's the way you do anything is the way you do everything. And yep. I always always use this standard scale. You know, you have the the the, the standard, and oh. as long as you're doing things at the standard, when you have those bad days, you're going to drop below the standard. Whereas if you keep yourself at a very high standard above the standard, above the stated standard, keep yourself above that on a regular basis. When you have those bad days, the lowest you can drop down to is the standard, and Absolutely. it's a much better way of life as far as the way of life in the, in the 82nd and in anything. And, you know, when I walk into a, just any, re, any restaurant and what the, one of the first things I do is I go to the bathroom. I don't know, it's just, <laughs> I do. And when I, because I used to work yep. in the restaurant industry as well. And when yep. I walk into the restaurant, I don't care what level of restaurant it is. I don't care if it's Jack in the box or, or if it's, you know, um, one of the steak, you know, most, one of the high level steakhouses or whatever. If the bathroom yep. is dirty, it's it's a done deal for me. I'm I'm like this place. Um, I don't uh, can't even give it a chance. The the service can be okay, but if they can't maintain the bathroom, I mean, when I worked I worked at a French Corner in Phoenix, Arizona, uh, years ago. The bathroom you could literally eat out of the bathroom. It was beautiful <laughs> and it was clean always. We we took pride in every little corner of the restaurant, and it just makes a huge difference when you when you when it's dirty you notice it when it's 
perfect like it is at Disney. Every little detail, even the guys walking around behind the horses cleaning up stuff, they're entertaining. <laughs> you don't even notice what they're doing because they're entertaining. It's just an amazing event. No doubt about it. I love that analogy of the bathrooms in a restaurant because I tell people the same. And I say, listen, if the bathroom's dirty, you got a general manager problem. <laughs> and if you got bad service, you got a general manager problem. Uh, uh, we know that the leadership makes all the difference. And you can compare operations anywhere in the world. And the one with the better leaders, making better money, making better profits, cleaner, safer, less turnover. It's just on and on and on. And I'm sure you saw that during your career. Yeah. Great leaders make think great things happen <laughs> absolutely absolutely and that which gets checked gets done exactly uh, no <laughs> absolutely kidding. well lee man i could obviously have this conversation forever but we don't have forever we don't have a whole lot of time together i want to get into the pay it forward part of the show you ready to do that yes sir awesome so share with our abundant leaders one to three actionable steps that they can take today well the way it's i would say the success of my career and i uh was number one, people need to get better organized. I wrote a book called Time Management Magic. I took this course in 1980, 35 years ago, I guess now, or more. And most people don't have a good system to keep organized, to be credible, to keep their promises, to be reliable. And I suggest the first thing people need to do is go out there and get a system in place, just like you have in any organization that runs well. It runs by systems and procedures and operating guidelines and put one in place for your life so that you're working on the right things every day instead of just things. You know, when I was at Disney, I worked on making sure we had the right people the right training, and the right culture. And now that I'm retired, I work, as my wife said, my new one is, she said, Lee, take care of yourself so you can take care of us. Then you take care of your family, and then you take care of your business. And if you have any time left over, you can help Kim Kardashian with her problems. But otherwise, <laughs> be doing what you're supposed to be doing. And a lot of people are wasting time. They're not delegating. They've got, in a, they got people in their organization they shouldn't have. They're not dealing with it. So I would say get yourself organized, start thinking about those priorities that really matter to your business, and think about where you spend your time and ask yourself why you're not spending it in places that will bring a whole lot more value to your life and quit wasting it and keep be careful who you hang out with and waste time with them. And that is a big one for me. And uh, then every day you start with a little planning time. You open your planner and you think about yesterday first. Uh, you think about the things you could have done better. You know, it's called reflection. When you reflect on the past and you f reflect on that conversation you had or that meeting with your manager or whatever it was, how you conducted yourself at home when you got home stressed out at night, reflection causes you the next time it comes, your, your little brain says, hey, we've been here before. Let's do it right this time. And it's just a matter. Most Americans don't reflect. They just keep making the same mistakes over and over going forward. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'd say uh, third, then think about the responsibilities you have in your life, your, your wife or partner, your children, your health, your uh, retirement, your aging parents or grandparents you're going to have to take care of, uh, your own development, what courses, what experience do you need to get so you can have that job you want 10 years from now. And most people don't really think about deeply the responsibilities that they've signed up for, whether they officially signed up or not, they got them. You know, when you get a child, <laughs> you signed up. <laughs> when you get married, you signed up. And uh, taking care of your health is a big deal. You know, I, I do strength training twice a week because I don't want to fall and break a hip. Mm -hmm. uh, bone density. And, uh, you know, most – and I would say the third part of that is people got to start thinking about the hard things they've been putting off for years. Everybody out there has got one or two hard things. They put it off because it's hard. They don't want to deal with it. And unless you deal with the hard things, life's going to get harder. When you take the easy route, life gets harder. And when you take the hard route and you have those hard conversations and make those hard decisions and uh, your life gets a whole lot easier and a lot better for you, your family, your work, your business. Uh, and it's called, uh, I guess, leadership. It's responsibility. If you don't have the hard conversation, you know, when we have our children, you know, we have hard conversations with them because we love them so much we can't stand it. And if we respect our people, we've got to have those hard conversations, and we've got to make hard decisions, and we've got to uh, look for to make the right decision, not the easy one, and all those things you learned in the Army. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's the same in life. 
those are the basics. Once you get that kind of thought and that procedure and that way to do it and have a good day planner and sit down every day and think about it for 10, 15 minutes before you get started for a 10 or 12-hour workday, all of a sudden you're spending your time in a way that brings value to you. I said we only spend two things. We spend time. We spend money. Most people are more careful about their money, I guess. Not always, but uh, – they're not, they're not very careful about their time. And you can always get your money back, but you can't get your time back. And I just know the value of it. I mean, I, I, it is unlimited how much I can get done using this kind of philosophy. And I learned that 35 years ago because I used to be disciplined. I was disciplined, but I didn't have a system. I didn't know how to keep it all going. And people are really suffering today from anxiety because too much is coming at them in this new world we're living in with technology. And your mother-in-law is coming in Saturday, and you need to be at a soccer game, and your boss wants a report on Thursday, and bah, on and on and on and on. And people are freaking out. And uh, as you said, delegate. Get the right people around you that know what they're doing so you can spend time to doing things that are going to improve your family, your life, and uh, your business. Man. So it's kind of a deep philosophy, but it's like most people have not learned this in high school or college, and that's why they don't have any clue. They think it's uh, – you were born that way. You're not born that way. It's like taking a math course. It's a course. You take it, you learn it, and then you know how to do it. And uh, people who do it get – I had a guy the other day. We have a time management course online. He caught, he wrote me a note and said, Ben, I got a problem since I did this. I'm getting way too much done now. I said, yeah, no kidding. He said, I used to forget things. I didn't write it down. I'd tell people I'm going to call them. I didn't have a system for keeping on top of that. And uh, – you know, reliability, credibility, and keeping your promises is probably one of the most important things you can do in life to have influence. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, man, I love all of that. So is much of that outlined in your book, The Time Man uh, Time Management Magic? Yeah, it is. And the first quote in that book is, if you don't take the time to spend – if you don't take a lot of time thinking about how you're going to uh, manage your life, you're going to spend a lot of time living a life you do not want. And, uh, you know, you think about it. how many people do you know that their life's out of control, divorce, marriages, health. Look yeah. at the people that are unhealthy. They own that. And uh, I just shake my hand. And, you know, I always tell people your health, especially that'll be the biggest regret you have in your life at 51, 55, diabetes, uh, a surgery for your heart. And uh I'm, my wife's tough on me. She said, Lee, take care of yourself. We want you here. Yeah, <laughs> and so uh, she gets after me to go work out. I have a Stairmaster, and then I do my strength training twice a week. And that strength training, let me tell you, that's amazing. My core, I'm stronger now than I was when I was 20 years old. Yeah. And uh, so people need to re quit uh, just kind of having an average life. And they can, you can, it just is amazing how much better it is to feel great in the morning instead of just okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that, one of the things that I've learned about that, Lee, is a lot of the what you just said there is so powerful because a lot of people that feel terrible every morning, they don't realize it until they start feeling great. They 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 go two weeks with some yeah. common, some regular habits of regular workout, some cardio, some strength training, and eating healthy. And they feel the difference, and they're like, my goodness, I had no idea life could be like this. Well, it affects your whole life, your personality, how you get along with people, uh, your mood. <laughs> you know, yeah. you'll, it'll, it'll improve your marriage. You won't mm -hmm. have big arguments over nothing. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's an amazing thing. When you feel good, you do good. And uh, it, it's something I just I, – I don't like it when I'm doing it, but I love it when it's over. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, you mentioned quite a few habits that you do on a regular basis, but what other daily habits make the biggest impact in your life, Lee? I would say routine. Uh, I love a routine. So I have a routine. If I'm in Orlando, every morning I get up around 5.30. I watch the news and little thing. I get, go over to Starbucks at 6.30. I stay an hour. I read the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal, page full cover to cover. And then I plan my day while I'm sitting there. I think about what I need to work on today, tomorrow, this week, this year, get things done, get them in my planner so I don't forget about them. And uh, then I get home uh, about 8 o'clock. Quarter to eight, uh, I go through my work, start on my list that I made this morning while I was sitting at Starbucks and start knocking them out. And then even now, I take a nap <laughs> in the afternoon. And uh, and uh, it, routine, I like routine. And uh, I think routine in business. You know, management's about keeping things under control. And uh, 
And if you have a good routine, when I ran a hotel, I had a daily routine. I walked my operation three times a day, making sure I was checking everything, meeting with people, telling them how much we appreciate them, and going around. And I, I knew everybody. They knew me. I had a good working relationship with them, and they helped me run the hotel routine. If they all, if you only see the boss once a month, it's going to be different. And uh, you just got to figure out where the most important things are. So that was, I think, routine's a big one. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. Now, we're going to have your books listed out, uh, Creating Magic, The Customer Rules, The Management Magic, and Career Magic. And I'm getting through uh, Creating Magic right now. We're going to have all of that listed up in the show notes. What other books would you recommend that our abundant leaders read or listen to and why? Yeah, I like uh, Zero to One, which I read recently. It's about how not just to make your life incrementally better but or your product or your business, but how to go from zero to one, which means, you know, you're not, you're not, it's not uh, iPhone 10. It's zero to one was when the iPhone was invented. And how can you do that for your business? In some ways I read, think about in my business, I want to be different than other speakers. So when they get, I send them my fee, I tell them it's for the whole day and I'll come in the night before and they can use me as much as they can stand me. And I'll, I've got all kinds of little things where a lot of speakers go in, they speak, they get out, they leave, they go on the plane, they're gone. Mm -hmm. I want to I spend time with the people. I want to spend time with the audience. I want to sit in all day before I speak so I can understand how I can add more value to the conversation. And uh, you gotta, we all need to step back and figure out not just copying everybody else. What can we personally do in our business uh, to make ourselves stand out and be different? Wow. I have college kids come to see me all the time, and they'll say, they'll call me, and say, "Can I meet with you for an hour, Mr. Cocker? See how to have a good career like you did?" And I said, "No, you don't need to meet with me. Let me tell you now: be better than everybody else, and be better attitude, be on time, do what you say you're going to do. Uh, I mean, this is the name of the game: be mm -hmm. better than that. If ten people do what you do, you got to be the best one, and you will be noticed. And so, when people ask me to give them a contract. They say, how long will that take? I say, oh, I don't know, 15 minutes. <laughs> and uh, I answer my own phone. You know, anybody calls me, I answer the phone. And people say, why do you answer your phone? I said, because you book more business that way. I don't want you calling somebody else because you couldn't reach me. And uh, there's just some things that, I, and we put it all there in the time management book is these are things that can really increase your income, your life, uh, get balance in your life, uh, get healthier. Uh, improve your relationships with people i mean it goes on and on and on and because just about everything we really do own it we can't say it's not our fault you mm -hmm. know oh, i mean we, we like to say it's all right you know that's a society we're living in today is to blame everything on somebody else <laughs> i said mm -hmm. i tell people don't blame your mother for the situation you put yourself in you know uh, you got a brain. Don't tell me you grew up and that's why you're bigotry and that's why you're racist. No, you got a brain. <laughs> Rethink it. Get out in the world. Get exposure and experience, and you'll uh, you'll be a different person. Man, absolutely. I I joke once in a while. I say it's hard to trust anybody who doesn't have a passport. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> for me, because because I know people who have never gotten outside their little town, and I've traveled the world, and I've been very fortunate in that, and I'm very grateful for that. Um, but the differences are very obvious you know just like you said you don't have the experiences you don't you, you don't know what you don't know you know oh, it, cha uh, it changed you i know it oh, did. absolutely absolutely changed me i went back for my 55th high school reunion in september man that was frightening i mm. mean people who, who never left town little ardmore oklahoma and uh racism and bigotry is alive and well yeah, and um, said I, I about 10 of us had left and gone out on our own been around the world and it was we were different. We hung out together, but I. It's too bad because if you don't, and with your children, get them exposed, get them mm -hmm. experience, uh, tra travel, get and uh, I just we all become who we hang out with. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, traveling is the best experience and education you can give your children for sure. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So, what do you feel holds most people back, Lee, from living a life of true abundance and living the life that they want? I think too many people underestimate what they can achieve in their life. I think it's all in their mind. I think, you know, insecurity. I think uh, people – and I think the big thing is people are afraid to take risk. You know, I took many risks, and that's why I guess I was successful. It was kind of stupid risk sometimes. I took one risk once and got fired after 90 days because I went to the wrong job. Um, I took a risk and quit 
Marriott after 17 years and joined Disney and went to France. And I didn't speak a word of French and ended up being the best move I ever made because my career took off at Disney for 16 years. And I just uh, – you got to take risk. You know, you can lead a good life, but you don't know what you're missing because the difference between good and great is really big. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and uh, if you just settle, sometimes people won't move. You know, they say, oh, I can't find a job. I, yeah, why? Well, we can't move. My mother-in-law lives here, and, you know, my wife doesn't want to move. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and, yeah, I mean, my wife and I moved 11 times, and we loved everywhere we lived. And uh, she was with her dad in the Navy, you know. He was Navy Admiral. She moved 12 times with him. And so it's just a matter of taking risks and uh, kind of set, I guess, setting your sights a little higher. Don't just settle for what you think you have to be because of where you grew up or where you went to high school or you don't have a college degree or don't let people put you down. And this is what happens. But the problem is taking the risk. People just, it's scary for people. And uh, that's where somebody said, get outside your comfort zone. That's where the fun is. Mm-hmm. And it's out, it's out there on the edge. And, uh, I mean, risk is scary. I got fired once. It's not too nice to go home and say to my wife, I got fired today. We don't have any, and we didn't have any money, and we had a Volkswagen and a two-year-old, and, but it all turned out fine, you know, so, yeah. but, uh, and a lot of people don't take, don't keep learning. That's the other thing, gets them in trouble. You know, today you have no excuse for not filling in the knowledge gaps you have in your life with Google on there. You can, if you don't know the definition of a word and five minutes later you don't know, that's your fault. If you don't understand a term or a, a country and you don't know 10 minutes later, that's your fault. You can, you can grow your knowledge. You can, if you have a lot of curiosity, you can become more than you ever thought you could. I don't care whether you went to college or not. You can become as smart as anybody else. And, uh, but you got to wake up every morning and be doing, spending your time on those kinds of things. Because I always tell people, you got to be doing now what won't pay off until later. Exercise pays off later. You know, education pays off later. T- having good, strong discussions with people about the truth pays off later. And, uh, uh, you know, get your pension or your, your retirement in order when you're 30 or 40 and 35. So it'll pay off later. Don't wait too long. But people don't want to take the time to, I guess, uh, look forward and uh, anticipate what's going to happen or not happen if they don't do certain things. And I would say I always tell people a good example. If you got a 13-year-old daughter, you can anticipate what might happen. So you better spend time with her and talk <laughs> to her and make sure she understands. And or if you got teenage boys, teenage boys will get in trouble, and you got to anticipate that. And uh, there's certain times of life you got to step in and, and be more of a leader than you do other times. And anticipation is a powerful thing to sit and think about what's going to happen to your life if you don't do things. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with all of that. And I like the, um, you know, what you're talking about, about continuous learning and the information's there. There's one thing we are not lacking in today's day and age, and that is the the availability of education. And I'm not even talking about college education. I mean, I, I know a story, I can never remember the guy's name, but he did his entire MIT degree on online. He did the yeah. whole thing from home. He got all the all everything offline. He got all the books. He did everything. Now he didn't get the piece of paper because he didn't spend the two hundred thousand dollars, you yeah. know, one hundred eighty thousand dollars, whatever it is, for an MIT degree. But he got the exact same education. Challenged the test, took the test, passed it, and technically had all the knowledge for the degree. Uh, he just didn't pay the money for it. I think he paid for all the books. I think he paid like maybe twelve hundred dollars. Well, that's the future. You know, I imagine in 10 years, any kid in America will be able to go to college online free mm-hmm. uh, and get a degree and because they can't afford to go to the campus. We got three grandkids in college, two in college and one on the way, and it's outrageous. Yeah. And uh, uh, while it's be better maybe to be on the campus, absolutely. Harvard and MIT have their material on there now. You can go on there and take any course you want. And uh uh, my grand, my stepfather-in-law went to MIT. I can't. He probably would can't believe what kids can do today and how much you could learn. I mean, he would just be thrilled to death of what's on the internet, and what's available for people because everybody can't afford it. But you can. Mm-hmm. That's no excuse. It's another one of those things. There's no excuse. You can still learn. And today, kids on a three-inch screen, they they're comfortable. Mm-hmm. They're comfortable learning that way. And uh, so I think the future is going to bode well for 
less fortunate people don't have the money to go, but they can mm-hmm. still get the education. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Now, did you ever finish college? <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> yeah. I tell people if I'd have finished college, I could have got a really good job. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Or you look at, I look at it both ways. It either could have got you a really good job or really messed you up and thought you needed something else or something. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, maybe. I'll just take what I got. You know, they always ask you, do you want to change places with somebody else in the world? And I say, really? No. Give up my son? Give up my wife? No. (laughs) No, no, absolutely not. So, Lee, what does living a life of abundance mean to you? Well, I think today is just feeling, feeling, I waking up every day feeling good. I mean, uh, if I'm happy, I I told somebody once, I said, you know, if you're happy and your wife's not happy, you're not happy. (laughs) And for me, it's making sure that we're, everybody's happy that I'm doing the right things uh, to hold my family together, that I do the right things for my clients, that I, I you know, my goal in life is I want people to uh, remember I was here. And uh, I tell, I think the only thing you can take with you and leave behind is your legacy. And that's why I'm so involved in writing and uh, speaking and teaching. And uh, I feel, I feel whole. I feel like uh, I get notes from people every week saying, we appreciate the podcast you're doing. I'm learning so much from that. And thank you for your books. I'm learning so much from that. And let me tell you, that feels good. And uh, uh, so I guess that's it, serving. I think this, I didn't know this most of my career that, uh, you know, you got to serve. If you serve, it's one of the best feelings in the world. And getting the feedback on serving, uh, I asked my grandson, you know, what was his impression of uh, service, and he said, "Pappy, when you serve, you're the giving one." And uh, that's. And my granddaughter asked her what she thought service was about, and she said, "Well, Pappy, the first first rule is be nice." <laughs> so, mm-hmm. I, you know, these simple things: be nice, serve, raise your hand, get involved, help other people that are not as fortunate as you are. I put a blog yesterday. I said, you, "Just because you're born in America doesn't make you special." It makes you lucky, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you've got to take your take that and do what you want with it. And a lot of people, they don't do much with it when you're living in a country where, frankly, I still think you can do anything you want if you want to, and you have the discipline and empathy. I think mm-hmm. discipline and empathy for me are two things I want to be remembered for. Absolutely. Wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Well, Lee, we're going to close this up, and before we do – uh, what did we not talk about that you want to ensure that our abundant leaders get out of our conversation? And then, of course, we're going to have uh, LeeCockerell.com linked up in the show notes. Tons of resources there, guys. Go check it out. Um, but what did we not talk about that you want to ensure that our abundant leaders get out of our conversation today, Lee? Well, one thing I think about a lot is I tell people in all my work and speeches, my wife told me this years ago. She said, Lee, be careful what you say and do today. Everyone's watching and judging you. And I think about that deeply when I walk in a room or when I'm with people or my own behavior when I'm in the grocery store. Be careful what you say and do. Everyone is watching and judging you. It's your reputation. It's uh, how people are going to trust you. And I think the average American is not – average person in the whole world is not paying attention to their own behavior, telling inappropriate jokes, saying inappropriate things, all the sexual harassment's going on in the country – so I would say take that piece of advice. It may be the best piece of advice you ever got. You know, it's very interesting that you've said multiple times throughout our conversation that my wife told me or my wife reminded me and my wife, I'm, <laughs> brother, I am right there with you. My wife is my confidant. She is the reason why I started this whole abundant journey. She told me for years, Wally, what the hell are you chasing? Yeah. You know, because I was chasing that six and seven figure income. I reached it. I'm living on the beach, still chasing, still not satisfied. And it, I, she just beat me over the head and she still does. And I love her for it. Thank you very much, baby. Absolutely. I think without our wives, God knows where we'd end up. I mean, they have better <laughs> judgment than we do. They truly do. They truly do. I tell they keep people, us in check. I tell people, manage like a mother. You'll be fine. <laughs> I love that one. Absolutely love it. Man, it's been a great conversation, Lee. I truly appreciate your time. And yeah. uh, I look forward to one of these days running into you down there in uh, in Orlando. Yeah, let us know when this goes out, and we'll put it on our sites too. Absolutely. I certainly will. Aloha. All right. Take care. All right, guys. All of that it was amazing. Just remember this. You are responsible for the magic in your life. And you're responsible for the magic within your organization. Whether you're the boss, whether you're an employee, 
whatever the case may be, whatever your position, you can create the magic in your life. You have the power to create the magic in your business and at work. You first have to see it in your mind before you can make it a reality. Now, go out and live your life of abundance and make sure to pay it forward.